I'm the best guy to get them from where they're at to where it is that they want to go. And whoever can articulate that message um, um, is going to go out there. And it's the same in any dude. Yeah, sales is all pain. Plus. People are experiencing some, some type of pain. They want to get out of the pain. They want to get the product. Doesn't matter if you buy shoes, perfume, real estate, it's all the same shit. Totally. Take us into podcasting because podcasting was obviously a, a huge growth for you. Why did you do it? What did you love about it? Where has it taken you? Uh, yeah, dude. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun, man. Um, you know, so, so, you know, it kind of started because I just exited not from operations from my real estate, you know, my real estate business. So not only am I out of production, now I'm completely out of operations. So I'm bored, you know, I'm looking for things to do. Um, and at that point, I, you know, I've been a guest on a lot of other people's podcasts, you know, and so forth. And, and I'm like, dude, like, look, I love to learn. I love knowledge, you know, right. And, and part of it was every time I was on other people's podcasts, um, not every time, but a lot of times, you know, I was just like, ah, dude, they're not asking the right questions. <laughs> or, you know, like there's just something in me where, like, I think I can do this better, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, you know, at that time. So, uh, but you know, it just really intrigued me. I was like, dude, like, cause again, man, I, I'm, you know, I'm binging other people's podcasts all day long. I'm a freaking, you know, avid, you know, self-developer, if you will. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, I just decided to launch it, start it. I had no idea where it was going to go. I, I had, you know, no monetization plans for it. I, you know, originally when I set up, I was like, okay, what's going to be a win for this? You know, I'm like, okay, uh, I, there was two guests that I was like, okay, if I can get big enough where I get these two guests on. I'll classify this as a big win. One of those is Grant Cardone. And then the other one, my, my, you know, who's now, you know, great mentor of mine. Um, but like one of my favorite all time, or I shouldn't say one of my, my favorite all time serial entrepreneur, Ryan Blair, you know, and I'm like, okay, like if I can get those guys on the show, you know, that, that'll be a huge win for me, you know? So, and, and so when I looked at this in the beginning, I'm like, you know, just from a selfish element to go out there and learn, you know? Um, um, but then from there, I was like, okay, I, the relationships. I, I, you know, I know the power of relationships. You know, one thing that I set out early on in my business, I was like, dude, like I want to, what matters most to me more than anything is have this Rolodex built out to the point where any problem that I have, like I may not have the answer, but I, I, I have the person in my phone that I can call that I know will have the answer. And not only do I have my phone, but I have the relationship where they'll pick up that call. Right. I'm like, to me, dude, there, there's, there's not a figure you can put on that. Um, and, and, you know, the podcast has led to, you know, a lot of that, a lot of great relationships, a lot of great learning, a lot of great growth, a lot of things that I had no idea was going to lead to, you know, um, like I didn't know I was going to get picked up and, you know, next thing I know I'm getting published in Forbes and, you know, being asked to be interviewed in Inc. Magazine and, you know, like I had no idea it was going to lead to some of these things. Um, um, and, you know, due to, uh, you know, I figured out, I guess, other monetization paths, um, uh, uh, you know, with it, I mean, I don't have sponsors, but you know, it leads to awareness of my other products and, and, you know, is, is, you know, been great for just all aspects, financial, relational, <laughs> everything. Yeah. I was at an event recently, Bridger Pennington was speaking and he's a funds guy. He does a fun launch and on stage, he's such a freaking dynamic speaker. He, he lifts his phone up and he starts listing off the people in his phone and what their net worths were. And then he, like, he, I mean, he went on for a while for effect. And then he goes, look, guys, what would you pay me right now? Let's have an auction. What would you pay me right now for all of these phone numbers? And I'll make an introduction to every single one of them for you. And we're sitting in a room of 1,200 people. Dude, this bid was at 250000 and we hadn't even gotten started. And yeah. it was like, 
you said there's no figure on it. And I think there is no figure on it for you, but there might be a figure on it for somebody else, right? I mean, it was just so wild. And it just kind of takes me to like this idea of talk to me about the value of relationships. We've interviewed 207 figure people in the last year. Every one of them says relationships is the most important thing in, in their business, in their life. What, I mean, you've been podcasting for years. What has been the net effect so far of the relationships you've had? Yeah, I mean, it, dude, it's so tough to quantify, you know, um, um, you know, but it's it, like, look, dude, if if I got myself into a bind and I don't know, I needed a million dollars wired to me in the next 24 hours, like I, I, I have the people that I know would make that happen without questions asked, you know, um, um, you know, now hopefully, you know, that never like I, I would, you know. That's not why I seek these relationships. You know, I think a lot of people seek relationships for the, the wrong reasons, trying to get something out of it. You know, um, um, you know, from that standpoint. I mean, I'm genuinely, truly looking for a friendship, and gen like I, I want access to their mind, and hopefully, there's something that I can contribute as well, or, or you know, maybe I can learn from them to then eventually be able to contribute, you know, to them as well. You know, not everybody. I mean, I have some people that I don't know how I can ever repay them for what they've done for me because they're at, you know, such a higher, like, I just, you know, I'm always looking for ways, but just imagine that, you know, I mean, I have several mentors and that I have good relationships with now that I am always, like, they have a lot of my brain power, always thinking of ways of how I can improve their life and their business. And how many other people do they have? They probably have laundry lists of that, you know, right? Like, you know, um, um, you know, so, you know, for them, I guess it's another element of, of leverage there. So, yeah, I mean, dude, it's, it's led to, you know, a lot of great relationships, a lot, a lot of great, you know, I have business partnerships launched off of it. It's, it's um, led to, you know, I, I, not too infrequently, I mean, just the amount of opportunities that gets pitched, you know, I mean, there's not a week that goes by where I don't, you know, get three or four opportunities pitched to me. Um, um, and, and, you know, and a lot of these dude, it's like people that are like, Hey dude, like, I just want to give you equity in my business just so we can have access to you. They're not asking me for anything at this point, you know? Um, um, now, even though with those, I mean, most of my stuff is, you know, turned down cause it's like it, free isn't free, you know? Right. For sure. Um, well, um, and what happens if they go negative, right? Are you on the hook for the loss and so on and so yeah, on? Yeah. Yeah. But even, you know, I mean, there, there's, you know, I've got great attorneys. So, so, you know, we would make sure that take care of that, that was yeah. built in that, you know, cake. So, but, um, you know, but still with that, it, it's still computing power, dude, right? It's still, you only have so, so, so many hours in a day, so much, you know, brain space to think about. And, you know, and I'm one that like, if I'm going to get involved in something, dude, I'm going to give it a lot of thought, a lot of time and a lot of energy. And you just can't tell things, you know? So, um, I don't know if that answered your question, but. Yeah. So you had these visions in your mind, like getting the Grant Cardone, getting the Ryan Blair. Was it everything you thought it would be when they were on? Like, better. like way better. Okay. So give me, give me the details. Like, it's like a, you know, like pretend like we're two teenage girls. You just had a date, right? Like what was the lead up? Like, what was the interview? Like, what was the post? Like, yeah. So, so all right, with Cardone, I'll start with Cardone. Now it took like two years to get him on dude. He, and he, he his company, his team did not care so much about the amount of downloads and views. What they were like, I had to write like essays, dude, about, the impact he and his content have made on my life and, and what impact that would make on, you know, uh, my listener's life, you know, right. And so forth. And, and I thought that was super fucking cool, dude, you know, right. So the, it, you know, but then, okay, I get him on. And of course you're, you know, like, you know, you podcast long enough, dude, like, you know, they're, they're like tech issues happen, dude. No, no. You know, um, 
I mean, I, I, it didn't happen with either of these two. Thank God. Oh, good. But I, you know, <laughs> I was, I was like, shitting my, my pants with you. both of them. Right. You know, um, but like, dude, I had I had one not too long. Like, this was maybe a couple of years ago. But internet just co- now. I have two different internets. You know, it was backups. You know, whatever in case one ever goes out. And um, but dude, we found out like, everything goes out, and then we found out freaking rats got into the internet box outside the building and chewed through the lines, dude. You know, right? And and that was in the middle of a guest, dude, just gone. You know, right? Um. You know, okay, well, most guests, you can apologize, get them back, cool. You know, okay, are you going to get, you know, um, um, you know, I mean, some of these cats, you know, if you look at like Ryan Blair, you know, calculate his time, 36 out, you know, $36,000 an hour, 24-7. Like, okay, like, you know, that's going to be tough to, you know, get 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 a second chance. Um, you know, with Cardone, I mean, he was only supposed to give me 30 minutes, gave me a full hour. Um, you know, to the point where his assistant, you can actually see it even on the interview, his assistant, you know, keeps coming in to interrupt him. Like, Hey, you got to get off. Like you got to go. But you know, he was just, you know, I guess he's he was enjoying the podcast, you, enjoying freaking the nailing it. you know, to, to a point where then like, it's like, he ends up like hauling at her to get, you know, um, uh, and I, I just thought that was super cool. You know, I, I've had, I mean, I know that that dude gets a lot of haters out there, but I've had, um, a few different experiences with them where I've been able to spend, you know, a good length of time with them and like in a one-on-one capacity, one-on-one setting. And, Dude, I can tell you, man, like that dude, I mean, he's, you know, just one of the most kind, sincere, just like, you know, I mean, it, it, like, I, don't, I got nothing but love for the guy, you know, um, um, and then with Ryan Blair it was different, man. Uh, I mean, the podcast was epic, <clears throat> you know, but his, you know, I had to look for, uh, you know, because again, this guy's busy. It's, he's unattained. Like he, it's very hard to get a hold of him. Now, I don't have, my podcast might be large in the real estate space, but we're in a very small space. So like, I might get 200,000 downloads a month. You know, right? Like big podcasters, you know, getting that per episode plus, 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 you know, right? So, you know, you do like this on, you know, it was difficult. So I started looking, I had to play, you know, it's just like going after a a dream client. You know, I had to sit there. So found out he, you know, wrote a new book. He had his uh, uh, nothing to lose or everything. Yeah. Nothing to. Uh, nothing to lose everything in the game book well then he wrote a secondary book that was kind of the sequence fault to that rock bottom the rock star um so i found out he was like publishes or was publishing this new book and and was getting ready to do a new book launch so i went out there now before i even had him on but i was like i'm gonna get this guy on you know right so i'm like okay let me go out there and i'll pre-order a hundred of his books so i pre-ordered a hundred of his books and then I was like, okay, I'm going to do a giveaway where any of our listeners, now our listeners have to go buy his first book, right? And then they have to, you know, show, you know, proof of purchase, you know, like shoot me the, the proof of purchase. Um, then from there, I'm going to send them a free GSD mode shirt and the uh, a new book and I'll pay for shipping, pay for everything, you know, right? So, I mean, all it's not that it, it was a ton, but it was like, you know, maybe, I don't know, I can't remember the exact cost, maybe 15 grand to yeah. all said and done by the time I was done with it you know, uh, of that. But to me, it's like, okay, like, you know, cost me 15 grand to get a dude on the podcast, you know, um, um, you know, but, but I had to put all that together. I had to pitch it to his PR person, how to be beneficial as book launch, you know? Um, um, and yeah, dude, I mean the, the, you know, interview was epic. It was great, but that one led to, you know, a much deeper relationship and, and, you know, um, you know, now we talk quite frequently and just, you know, um, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, it was it was both of them were, were unique and different for different reasons, dude, and epic. How many nights of sleep did you lose between the time that it was confirmed that you were going to do the podcast and the time the podcast actually happened? Yeah, dude, it was. Uh, uh, you know, I was I would say dude, the twenty four hours before, man, I was it was it, there was much much sleep. You know, um, 
you know, and, and you know, it wasn't so much nervousness. I mean, excitement, dude. Now I was just nervous. I wasn't nervous to interview them, you know, cause I like, you know, with, with, you know, Grant, I'd already met Grant. I already talked to Grant one-on-one. I already, you know, um, um, Ryan, I had, you know, uh, but I, dude, I read every, every one of his blogs. I watched every one, you know, every time that he was on Fox or, you know, Donnie Dwight show or whatever, like, dude, it's like, like, man, like I knew that shit's his, that dude's content better than he knew. His. Like I studied him. Like when he, when he released his documentary, dude, I had a company reveal party, you know, right. To watch his documentary and, you know, um, just cause he's been such an impactful, you know, uh, uh, entrepreneur on my life, you know, right. Like, um, read it, you know, each of his, you know, at that time, not his secondary book, but dude, nothing to lose everything to gain. I was going through a very tough time in business, you know, cause I had just lost everything, you know, when that book came out, uh, I mean, I was having to rebuild yeah. and, and no, that was not 2017. This was, you know, uh, years before that, mm -hmm. um, um, 2017, that was a different lesson for different reasons, but I didn't lose everything. I still had some left, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, uh, this was, you know, about, I don't know, it was about halfway through my career. So it's probably about 10 years ago. You know, um, that I, you know, made some bad investments, did some stupid stuff, lost everything, gotten a hundred thousand dollars of business credit card debt and had to figure shit out. Um, but through that, dude, like I just that's when I you know, discovered nothing to lose everything to gain. And it was just on repeat, dude, like every day, just you know, because he's going out there and it, you know, it goes through, I mean, a similar situation. Now at business, he finally sold it for seven hundred and ninety-two million, but it was, you know, riding that roller coaster, you know, but it gave me inspiration, you know, right? Um, um through that time. So yeah, I mean, both were yeah, it was epic experiences, dude. So let's talk. I mean, you've given us a glimpse of preparation, watching everything, company reveal party, but get into the details. Like, how are you thinking through the content? Because, like, you know, we're we're trying to level up our interviews all the time, and it's like, how do you think about what's important? Like, go through the process of disseminating the information into to the right questions. You know, um, yeah, I mean, usually with most guests, dude. Like, I I don't I'm not a fan of scripted content. You know, so, so, you know, I mean, we'll kind of have, uh, you know, a framework of what we go through, like what got them into entrepreneurship, what led them there and what was that start like? And, you know, but we just let the conversations go with wherever they're going to go. Now with both of them, you know, I, I was a little bit more, um, you know, not just a little bit more, much more, you know, planned out. Now I didn't shoot any of them, the questions ahead of time. Good. Yeah. You know, right. Um, uh, so, but for me, it was like, okay, I really want to dial this in. And then I was, you know, with each of them, I'm like, okay. Things that maybe I knew just from, you know, studying them, you know, heavily that maybe most didn't have awareness of, but also it comes down to, you know, cause when you're, when you're in the podcast, you know, at least how I approach it, you know, I look at this as the only thing that matters, dude, is those watching and listening. Like, it, like nothing matters about me, nothing, you know, it's not about me looking cool or sounding cool or, or even the guest, you know, and of course it's about the guest too. You know, um, but what, what I, what I obsess over is, all right, like how impactful is this going to be? It's like every, every single piece of content I release is okay. Like by the time they hit that play button and that, that podcast is done. So is has their life gotten better and improved some way, shape, form or fashion from, you know, before they hit that play button, after they hit that play button, you know? Um, so, so with that, I'm just, you know, really breaking down, okay, what type of questions, what type of things that I, I know or believe will highly connect with our audience that they can learn from. You know, um, and so like with Ryan, you know, it was, it was, you know, dude came from the gangs on the, you know, grew up in gangs in LA and on the streets and almost in life in prison, you know, what he learned from that. So, I mean, the dude that came from absolutely nothing, 
you know, right. And then went to go out there and build this empire, but went through those hardships. So it's like, okay, well, I know that pretty much every one of our listeners is either going through a hardship or has gone through a hardship. Yeah. Right. And this is going to be true for any entrepreneur, you know, um, but I really kind of poured into those, you know, right. Um, of, of, you know, really focus. Everybody hears about everybody's successes. What they don't hear, like, you know, like when I get introduced, like, oh, you know, not to say I'm trying to compare myself to Ryan Blair by any means, hopefully someday, but, um, um, you know, when I get introduced, go speak with, like, like, hear all the accolades. Oh, that's cool. But I'm like, dude, they didn't see all the fucking blood, sweat and tears that, that, you know, is, you know, I mean, like you have some years where you win, but I've had double the amount of years where I've gotten my ass beat, you know, right? Like, uh, uh, where it hasn't been winning. So on paper, it can look good. You know, um, um, but people don't see that element of the story. It's like, have you, have you read Shoe Dog by Phil oh, Knight? Oh, Phil Knight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. But because that book, dude, I mean, it's, as you know, it's about the, you know, first 20 years before they went public, right? So it's like all the hard, crazy shit they had to go through, right? Um, um, before they actually made it. You know, everybody sees what they made it today, you know, right? So those guys, and, and with a lot of our guests, I try to do this, but, you know, those guys specifically is like, you know, just really want to deep dive into, you know, going deep in that struggle, you know, right? Um, 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 and overcoming that adversity, give that inspiration. Because it can be hard to, you look at like a, a Cardone example. I mean, what did, what's the, do you have like 8,000 units now? <laughs> you know, right? Like, you know, just create, it can be hard to be relatable, you know, right? But then when they start talking about, like when you hear about Elon Musk, right? Um, uh, okay, he sells PayPal. And he gets about 225 million from PayPal, dumps all of it into SpaceX and Tesla. Everybody's against him. Everybody tells him he's an idiot. He's like, no, I'm going to do it. What they don't see though, they see what it is now, you know, but what they don't know is that dude, they all crashed. Like, dude, like, so he, he loses everything. His wife leaves him, takes the house, takes the kids. He's sleeping on his buddy's couch. Yeah, right. The bank's coming to freaking chain up the doors, you know, on, on Tesla. Um, and then, you know, kind of the last minute, he gets a VC that steps in, gives him a little bit of injection of capital, give him enough breathing room to kind of turn things around. But, but people don't see about that. But like for me, when I hear that, okay, like now I'm like, okay, now I can relate with that dude. Yeah. You know, um, um, you know, I mean, it makes that more, more relatable of, of, okay, like everybody goes through those pain points and struggles, dude. And then I think that, you know, at least for me, I find a lot of inspiration when I hear more of adversity, people overcome it, you know, it, it's helped me in a ton of tough spots. I want to connect you to Travis Rossback. Are you familiar with the company Hydroflask? Yeah, yeah. We just interviewed him on the podcast recently and his story was like so shoe dog-esque. It was crazy. So if, if you're into that story, I think you're going to love this story. I love yeah, it. I'd love to, man. So take us in. So on the podcast, one of the things that I think is challenging, and maybe you had this, maybe you didn't, like, I feel like sometimes I'm talking to a blank audience, right? Like when I was selling on the phones or, or even with ads, you have the click-through rates, you have all of these metrics. And there are some podcast metrics, but it's like the audio listeners can be rather invisible, how, how did you, was it just straight? You defined your audience and you're like, I'm going to pitch basically this way and the audience will emerge. Talk to us about audience development. Well, I mean, it was easy for me, you know, um, um, when I say that is, you know, because dude, like I, I, I am my audience, you know? Um, and I think it's, it's, it, you know, it's much easier when you're in a business where you, you essentially are the avatar, you are the ideal client. It doesn't mean that you are, you know, my podcast may not be for, you know, where I am, like for the Joshua Smith today. And, but there are, I mean, dude, like, I don't think anybody gets more knowledge out of my podcast than me, you know? So, so <laughs> exactly. I, I can't even say that's not for me today, you know, but also it's, it's, you know, Hey man, it's the Joshua 
you know, when he was an individual agent, the Josh, when he, you know, was expanding his team and only had five agents or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, um, you know, so, so, you know, I look at that of like, you know, I know what those pain points are, man. And, and I also, in my real estate company, you know, I, I get a lot of flack from this, from, you know, other friends and, and that are at, you know, similar levels that I'm at of like, do like, like, why are you still so involved? you know, like with our like weekly agent masterminds or, or they're like, dude, like you can have your, you know, ha have your ops manager, your team lead, get in there and do those things. You know, I mean, number one, my, like I freaking love it, you know, but number two, you know, I think it's important it, it, to, to, you know, cause like you forget some of those pain points, you forget what it's like to be brand new. You forget what, you know, like, you, you know, you, like you can get too detached from the flagpole. So it's like, okay, I want to be close to that flagpole. You know, if I'm not, if I'm not going to be in the trenches, I want to be close to the people in the trenches on a daily basis, right? So then I can have that intimate knowledge of, of what they're going through, what they're doing, right? Because every single product that I have today is for them. So I, you know, so it's like, dude, like, so all day, every day, all I do is I'm spending time with our avatar, like my avatar, like, oh, I mean, it's just my whole world, dude, all my closest friends, you know, not that I don't have friends, I have, you know, people in other, you know, but it's the majority of them, dude, you know, are, are in this space, man, you know, the closest to, you know, so it's like all day, every day, that's like, I'm just, I'm immersed in every aspect of this, but then it allows me to go out there and, and, um, uh, you know, having that intimate knowledge, if you will, not just from experiencing it yourself at the different stages, but then also, you know, um, you know, being involved so you don't forget. And also there's new problems, there's new challenges, you know, right. Um, you know, uh, uh, like one of the blessings that I think I had when I got in the business is the social media didn't exist. We didn't have all the distractions, you know, like I, I think it was good that there wasn't podcasts when I was in the business, as bad as that might sound, you know, but I had to, if I wanted to go out there and shadow top producer, I had to go jump on an airplane, but there's something from an airplane. Like when you jump on an airplane, you're shadowing, you know, a Chantel Ray or a Ryan Finch or, or, you know, Leo Preha, and you're going around their office or Chad Goldwasser and you're, you're meeting them, seeing their energy, seeing what they do. Like, there's an element of that, that, that just, you can't get from a zoom call, you know, right. Or, or, you know, whatever. So, um, but anyway, you know, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I guess that's it for me, dude, is you know, I'm just, and then, you know, everything that I'm creating, every piece of content, every guest that I'm having, again, I've just, you know, and it, it helps me because I guess I'm introverted. So it, it's, you know, I don't like, I hate posting shit about me. I hate the whole social media. Got to do selfies. Like to me, it has just such a kind of narcissistic turn off feel to it, you know? So what helps me with it is, you know, okay. Like I don't think about me with any of it. It's just that obsession over my audience, you know? Um, but then yeah, having that intimate knowledge of what it was like to be that, those, those pain points, what are like that they went through, you know, um, um, you know, what kind of messages that can, they can hear, you know, from that. And I think too, you know, I've had certain guests on, like one time I had a guest that was, um, you know, in cybersecurity, he worked for the CIA and his job was, is a cybersecurity specialist was to go out there and hack other like new codes. Yeah. Right. To, like he, he was trying to like go out there and break shit to try to break in to see how secure these things were, you know? Okay. Like that was a very difficult podcast for me. You know, I mean, it was kind of interesting to learn about it, but I'm not like, sure. I didn't really have, you know, right. Yep. So, and then I also, from a guest selection standpoint, now my podcast, I mean, yours is, you know, a lot of different entrepreneurs, you know, um, you know, but my, mine's, you know, very real estate heavy, um, um, or entrepreneur heavy, you know, right. Like I just stay in the lane that I know that I know can, you know, we can have a good conversation. Um, and, and, you know, um, and a lot of it due to, you know, um, because 
you know, this might sound contradictive to, to what I was just saying, obsessing over the audience, but you know, just because I guess I am our avatar as well is, you know, like, dude, I, I think of and ask questions and focus on what is it that I really want to know? Cause I know if, dude, if I'm really learning from a guest and I do, if I'm getting like inspired and learning shit from a guest, I know our audience is going to be learning a lot from that guest too. Well, and it, and it forces like the people that are willing to continue to listen are the ones that would ask the same questions and that's why they're engaged and so on and so forth. So would you say that you get more out of the, the preparation for the interview or the interview itself? Um, the interview itself, I do very little preparation, dude. Um, you know, uh, up until recently, you know, I had a booking manager for years. Um, and, and outside of like the big guests that I would tell them that like, you know, like a Grant Cardone, Ryan Blair, like outside of that, there's been very few, like, I didn't know who the guest was until about 10 minutes before the podcast, <laughs> you know? So I would show up, I would, you know, like I had Ryan Serhan on, I, I like, I had no idea. I wish, I, you know, I wish my <laughs> podcast booker would have given me a little heads up on that. Cause I, I was like, All right, I haven't watched million dollar listing in 10 years. I don't know what the fuck this guy's up to. Um, but I know he's a big name. It would have been nice for me to be a little bit more prepared for that, but I didn't freaking know until, <laughs> you know, right, right before I was jumping on, you know, um, you know, uh, now today it, it's, I went back to just booking my guests myself. And, and a lot of that was just, I was getting burnt out and bored of the structure where I was just like, okay, I'm just interviewing. Now when I say, I don't want to say random people, because it sounds terrible. They're great. Amazing. I, we had qualifications, you know, uh, 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 that they had to have, but they weren't necessarily people that I was like, oh, like I want to interview this person. You know, um, okay, like, you know, we just had on, I just, you know, but now that I'm, you know, went back booking them, it's like, you know, I mean, I went back to creating more content myself, right? So a lot of it's, it's more just me speaking now on certain topics and as guests, but the guests that we do bring on and have on, it's somebody like, I'm like, I want to interview this person, you know? So I just, you know, came across this girl named Melissa Ricks, you know, out of, out of uh, uh, Northern Florida, you know, and she has a very unique team built, you know, doing 200 units a year. Um, she's the only agent. She's got admin team, whatever, but it's all just repeat referral business, dude, and just built a, a business in a different way, a different model. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting, you know, right? I, I you know, heard a couple of her other podcasts, um, and and so, but that was somebody I was excited to have on, you know. Um, so that, you know, that was me doing a little bit of preparation, you know. But um, you know, historically, dude, the preparation's been like zero for me. Dude, we're in such a same boat, and we're doing such volume that preparation gets tough. And it's interesting too, because there is a big distinction between they're very successful and they're a great guest to talk to, right? That they're interesting. How, how much do you balance like this person's a fun conversation with th this is their level of success? Um, you know, for me, it's, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, dude, I don't know if I really put much thought into it. I mean, when I say that with my booking manager, I had them like, I was like, okay, I want you to go out there and watch their content. I don't want to have yes or no answers a dry personality, like, you know, have somebody that's, you know, doing cool shit, you know, right. Um, but then that also, you know, like they've been good on other interviews, you know, right. They, you know, like we can, you know, make it that conversation. Um, you know, cause I have had a couple guests in the past dude, where it's just been like a yes or a no. And it's so hard to like, you know, pull Intel out of them, dude. And it's like, like, yeah, I love the guests where like you ask a question, they go on tangents for 30 minutes. And you, you know, have to right? figure like, out how you know, to like hop it, in there and yeah, box them a little bit. Well, and I don't even try. I'm just yeah. like, cause that, when, if somebody does that, at least for me, it's like that, that shows that what they're passionate about. I'm like, let's just them rip dude. You know, cause like for me, I never wanted to be that podcast interviewer. And I don't think there's a right or wrong, but some people try to make it more conversational, you know, right. My interviews are, it's an interview, right. It's all about the guest. 
Like, I'm just here to ask, you know, ask the questions, shut up, let the, I never, you know, try not to interject, inter, you know, whatever. Everybody's got different styles with it. And, and I don't think it's right or wrong, but I'm there to learn, you know, right. Um, you know, uh, 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 with that, but yeah, that can be tough when they're giving yes or no answers. So, you know, I, I made sure with him, it was like, you know, like, the, like, I didn't care if somebody's brand new in the business, you know, maybe they're, you know, maybe they're only doing, you know, I don't know, 60 deals a year, you know, right. Um, but maybe, you know, they're crushing doing all that through TikTok. Okay, well, that's somebody that's doing something different, that's doing something interesting that can bring value to the guests. You know, so I don't care if somebody's doing ten million a year or or a billion a year. You know, um, in volume, as long as you know they're like they've got something to contribute, they have you know something unique, you know, and so forth that we could talk to at a high level, you know, um, um, during the interview. But um, yeah, I mean, and then outside of that, like I've I've had one. I, I guess I don't go live with mine. So um, like I had one one point dude where I didn't, I, I just I couldn't release it. Like the, the guest was such a douche, dude. And he, uh, like every, everything was a sales pitch. You know, he had a product to sell. And like, when I asked him a question, he'd just be like, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's in the coaching program. Like go here to buy it. And it was, it, he, the dude was just, I mean, he's such an embarrassing douche, dude. I'm like, I can't fucking release this thing. Like this guy, like, and I, I just messed him out for him. Like, sorry, bro. Like, you know, you know, tell I mean, me, I cut tell, him, tell me know, that I, message. What did that message look like? Well, I cut the interview short, but I was just yeah. like, dude, I can't, I can't release this dude. You know, right. Like the, this is just, um, this isn't an infomercial, man. So, you know, appreciate your time. And, and, you know, it was supposed to be like my interviews are typically between 60 and 90 minutes or more long form, you know, and um, we cut that one, like after about 20 minutes, I realized that, okay, this isn't going anywhere, you know, and I tried to be, you know, kind and polite and then I rewatched it to be like, okay, is it as bad? Cause you know, how sometimes like when you're recording content, you, you think it went one way and then you rewatch it. And you're like, okay. Like all the time for me, at least when I'm recording my own separate ones, I'm like, oh, dude, I think that was dog shit. You know, I'm like, you know, then I watch back. I'm like, oh, no, that was actually pretty cool. You know, right? That was good. That was that was of quality. You know, um, so I, yeah, after watching it back, I was like, all right, dude, I can't. You know, right? So, you know, I just met and I didn't hear back from him. So, right on. It's so interesting. I don't know if you stack your episodes like we do ours on Fridays. And that's one of the, I love that because we're in the mindset. But then it's also like, dude, we'll interview somebody. And it's like freaking doing a dance. Like, it's so perfect. It's like back and forth. It's incredible. And then we go to the next one and it's just like, not like yeah for you how do you schedule like do you do a lot at once do you just kind of spread them out yeah yeah is it is this is this still being recorded is this are we still jamming like we're still jamming bro okay okay well i thought so but then i was like well i don't know like is this is this is this stuff that's still being released or not not that my answers would change i was just curious um you know so uh yeah so for a long time i had it where all my podcasts were just every single thursday yeah. Right. So, um, and I would, you know, my, my booking manager had to book three guests every Thursday, you know, um, cause you get some of that no show, you know, um, which is interesting with that. It was like, you know, typically it'd be like a realtor or, you know, whether it be team leader, but they're tied to the real estate that would no show me, you know, like, but then you get on a, you know, you know, a big, you know, entrepreneur, nine figure guest, like they never no show, you know, right. Um, uh, uh, you 100%. know, but then it was like, okay, having enough and accounting for that. Um, but most, I mean, almost everybody, you know, we have, we had very high show rates. So I always have, um, so I just had everything all Thursday. So it was like, I mean, essentially from like 8 AM to like five or 6 PM, it was just back to back interview, interview, interview. Um, so I could just knock it all out one day. Um, and, and, you know, I, I enjoyed that. Like for me, it was very meditative, you know, if you will, because it was like that whole day, like I do, I couldn't, like I had enough time in between guests sometimes to slam a protein shake, take a piss, jump onto the next interview. And if the interview went long, sometimes I didn't have, uh, sometimes I'd be sitting there for three or four hours, not being able to do any of those things, you know, right. Um, 
you know, if, if the, you know, cause we book them in 90 minute slots, 15 minute break, Dude, 90 minute slot. Identical. You know, right. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. So, uh, you know, so, so, um, but again, like I found it to be, cause like, especially in today's day and age, you know, we're so just distracted. We're so, you know, pulled a different direction. So, you know, like being able to just sit there and do nothing but focus, you know, cause when you're anyone guesses, you know, it's not like you can, when you're doing it unscripted, it's like, I have to pay attention to every single word that they are saying. I'm taking detailed notes. I'm paying attention to it, you know, right. So we can continue that conversation. So, you know, so I, I really enjoyed it, dude. So, you know, eight hour blocks of just, you know, however long it ended up being of, of just full 100% focus, man. Um, you know, so I found that to be really powerful for me and just a good kind of focus exercise. Um, uh, now today though, you know, dude, I'm not, it's just whenever, like I just open it up where whenever they, they select a, a date, it doesn't matter whatever my you know calendar is open for. Um, now I'm getting ready though, to jump back into more interview podcasts. Um, you know, I've been doing like, you know, one a week or one every other week, as far as that, then I've been banging out, you know, three or four episodes, with just me a week, you know, um, and doing some different things there, but I want to get back more into the, you know, interviews again. So we'll see where that I'll probably do something very similar, you know, yeah. in the future. Cause yeah, in the so podcasting world, dude, it comes down to content, man. Like you gotta be, if you want to grow this thing, like you, you got, you gotta be doing five releases a week. You know, I just, I just had the, these three gals reach out to me that um, are growing a podcast, you know, um, and reach out to me and want me to coach them on it. And I was like, well, I'll talk to you. I said, I don't know if I can coach you on it or not. Like I don't, and that's not like a thing that I do. You know, we can talk if you think that there's, you know, I think that there's a benefit, you know, then, then, you know, here's my hourly rate. Here's what this would look like. And, you know, um, uh, but when I was talking with them, you know, same thing, I'm like, look, dude, like you're throwing a rock in, in the ocean, dude. Like you got, like it is, it is massive frequency, you know, um, um, you know, in a noisy crowded space, dude, like you got to publish out great content. You got to publish out a lot of it. You know, people want it frequent, you know, um, you know, and, uh, you know, a lot of people get taken back by that, but you know, it's what it is, dude. And like, anytime I've stopped, dude, it's not like you think this stuff's evergreen. It's not as evergreen as people think. Right. Yeah. It lives on the platform forever. doesn't mean people are watching it forever. Yeah. Yeah. People want new dude. You know, um, like I, 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 you know, I've been podcasting for eight years. I took about an eight month break. And, and with that, I mean, I went from like 200,000 monthly downloads down to maybe 20,000. Like when, I, when I, you know, 90%. so it was still getting some evergreen. Yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, I think on YouTube, it went like, you know, um, you know, YouTube's never been my big, where my, you know, big portion of the audience. And I think, you know, if I get it, like long form, people are probably listening when they're driving on iTunes. You know, I, I, I get, you know, about, you know, I don't know, close to 10x more on audio than I do, you know, on, 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 you know, YouTube, but let's just say YouTube was, you know, 50,000, you know, views a month. You know, that went down to like 5,000. And then, yeah, on, on like, uh, you know, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes. Yeah, dude, it, it was dropped about 90%. You know, um, you know, some people were still listening to the Evergreen, but it was, you know, people want that consistent new. And dude, like I just started, you know, paying attention to my own behaviors on, on podcasts. So I'm like, I want the new shit too. You know, oh, yeah, right? totally. so, yeah. you know um, so I get it. Yeah, totally. So where do you see yourself going? So you're about re-engage. Is that more of a passion play or is that like, Hey, I want to specifically grow this thing back to two, 300,000 downloads because that was a big top of funnel for you for, you know, the, the boot camps and all the coaching products. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, um, um, you know, I had to put the pieces together, you know, as far as the, the, you know, like I mentioned, the domino. So, you know, podcast is kind of the beginning of the awareness, um, you know, and then strategically, you know, having the plays, the opt-ins, you know, to, to, you know, get them, you know, through the, you know, the funnel ladder, if you will. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, realized, especially from, you know, stopping it for that period of time, I didn't realize, you know, cause when, when you're looking at the marketing analytics, it's like, okay, you know, it's like, it seems like everything that's like, okay, Facebook ad webinar, you know, to purchase, you know, um, um, you know, but it, 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 any more too with kind of the Apple and, and Facebook war where this started, you know, with blocking tracking pixels and, you know, it's so difficult to get cross-platform tracking anymore, you know, accurate, good, you know, you know, analytics and data. Um, uh, so I, dude, I didn't really know the true impact that it had until I stopped. And then I was like, oh crap, like it was much bigger than I had anticipated and thought, you know? Um, but yeah, with the moves that, you know, and taking that time off that it, it, it led me to get clarity on, you know, not only that allowed me to understand or just truly realize that I was in the right space. Cause I think a lot of entrepreneurs probably realize, okay, like, am I in the right niche? You know, cause the first time I was like, okay, like I felt like I had to prove myself outside of real estate, right? Like I just, like, I don't know why, but I just was like, I, I didn't feel like a real so you're not a one trick pony. niche. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was like, dude, I, I want to go, I want to, you know, go out there and prove myself in other niches, other businesses, other, you know, um, uh, you know, for whatever reason, you know, had that thought process and, and, you know, but through all this, I'm like, nope, like this is, you know, where I want to be. This is where I need to be. This is my, my, you know, purpose, my passion, my obsession, my love. Um, but now I just want to do it at a hundred X higher of a level than I've ever done it before. You know, so now it's not just, okay. You know, getting back to, you know, now it's dude, it's I'm pouring gasoline on everything and taking it to a level. Like I look at, you know, you know, I'm 41 now. It's like the, you know, these first, you know, 40, 41 years were just, you know, allowing me to Beta, develop the foundation it. that yep. I need to learn, you know, right. To go out there and just boom, you know, rocket to the, you know, a level, you know, that, that was unfathomable for me, you know, 18 years ago when I started this journey. Yeah. Well, and you've already gone through the midlife crisis. So you are a hundred percent certain that for the next 40 years, your balls to the wall all the way to the end. Yep. Nothing else I want to be doing. Yep. Nothing else. So let's talk about strategy because you're talking about a very specific niche, agents, team building, that sort of process. You, you mentioned earlier, it's, it's, it's a rather small niche in, in, in a sense, right? A couple hundred thousand people, et cetera. In your relaunch, 100 times better, are you thinking about expanding or just going 100 times and keeping that tight of a niche? Yeah, you know, um, I mean, I stay in the real estate space, you know, um, um, having different, you know, like right now we're, we're working on insurance so we can bring that into play too with real estate space where it's, you know, um, um, you know, life insurance, auto, you know, call, like, I mean, house, you know, um, um, you know, just, I mean, really, you know, honing in the ancillaries, but then figuring out not just how to do that on a, on a, you know, just a, a brokerage, local brokerage scale, you know, but really how to, how to do that and scale that to a national scale. And then even having products within that, you know, cause, cause like looking at this, it's, it's, okay, the ancillaries have been big for like, you know, big brokers and teams, but only big brokers and team leaders benefit from those ancillaries. So it's like, okay, well, most agents, if you're doing 50 deals a year, okay, you go talk to a title JV, they probably want nothing to do with you because it's not enough volume. 
you know, or same thing with mortgage, you know, right? Your typical mortgage JV, let's just say, well, not typical, but let's just say, you know, it's a 50 grand buy-in and then you get 49% of, of, you know, the, the net more, you know, net profits of, of, you know, whatever it's like, okay, there's gotta be a certain amount of volume to make those partnerships feasible, you know, for those JV partners. Um, um, but you know, it's like, okay, well, let's create products and create spaces and create partnerships. Um, you know, well, we can go out there and bring this to the agents, you know, agent side, where it's like, okay, you know, it, it doesn't need to be a significant buy-in. It can be a lower buy-in, but then, okay, hey, like, like on the insurance play, dude, like, okay, if you're doing, you know, one to two policies a month, well, over five years, you know, right, even as an individual agent, okay, well, that could become to get to a point where it's 80 or 100 grand a year in premium renewals, you know, um, but, you know, and then it also insulates for, you know, like future commission compressions that might come down the pipeline. You know, I mean, we'll see where it goes, you know, with, with, you know, these I buying companies, you know, a lot of these are probably obsolete and, you know, uh, uh, you know, through the shakeout, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. We'll see how this stands. But, you know, my guess is that at some point commission compression is going to continue to happen and be inevitable at some point, you know, um, um, you know, so, you know, but giving, you know, those opportunities for the agents, you know, and then when it comes to software, man, you know, it's, you know, uh, creating tools and, and, you know, software that all agents can go out there and use. You know, um, um, and I've got, you know, some big things like, you know, just looking at, you know, plays that, you know, what our competitors do, what's missing out there, you know, um, um, you know, the software stuff is, is well, the ancillary play and the software stuff is, is probably what's most exciting to me, you know, right? Because it's delivering tools and products that anybody can use, um, um, but have meaningful impacts, you know, like, like, uh, um, you know, my software, um, you know, I want to get it to the point where it's like, okay, like no needs for trackers in your business. Which, you know, uh, uh, it's like, okay, everything that you're doing, if you're doing it inside the software, it should be rolling all that stuff up anyway. You know, and it means that the agent or, the, you know, whoever has to be plugging things into that software, you know, but then just imagine where you have a dashboard, dude, that, you know, shows you ROI, your ROE on every little thing, shows you your percentage of every single funnel, you know, right? Then, then if you want to go scale your business by 30%, like it knows your business, it knows what you're good at, what you're not good at, it just you know, boom, you just plug in those numbers, articulates the plan for you, you know, gives you daily KPI scorecards, that and for your agents, you know, but then take, you know, now, that all, you know, so much machine learning and stuff is coming out, you know, it's like, okay, well, then based on those, you know, right, like, um, uh, all of a sudden, you know, a video coaching video pops up, you know, well, hey, like, th this is, you know, down 9% under what it should be, you know, here are the qu three most effective ways to go out there and improve this, this is what we recommend that you work on right now. You know, um, so then, you know, it's like, okay, you know, software can be full on tracking, coaching, accountability. So, so wait, let's like, talk about this a little bit. This is really interesting. So you're saying you can essentially, because the metrics are in there, can tie them to algorithmics, things that will interject coaching to them. Yeah. I mean, it's all I do all day long anyway. It's just, I'm looking at freaking spreadsheets, yeah. you know, well, if I don't I have to review their spreadsheet and okay, like uh, in my team, like in a leads given division, let's just say. Or an ISA division, okay, like I need to have everybody at a 20% uh, appointment set to closing ratio. You know, if it dips below that, that's a red flag. Well, then from there, if there's a red flag, I need to be able to articulate very, you know, very clearly, okay, well, where inside that process, because there's a lot of things in between there that, that could be broken. Is it the appointment set to conduction ratio, appointment conduction to client ratio, client to closing ratio, and, and you know, just from being a data freak and, and you know, doing this for so long and, you know, not just for my own business, but, you know, I've coached and mentored over 5,000 agents now and team leaders and broker owners. Like, you know, I have a pretty damn good baseline of, of what good and what great metrics should look like, you know, okay. Then based on those, 
like, you know, it's no different than if I'm assessing your, your, you know, numbers inside your business, you know, right. And then I can identify, okay. I mean, it's no different than like all the freaking health, you know, wearables that are coming out where it's like, okay, well, if your heart rate's high blood pressure, you know, right. Like it can give you, you know, suggestions to do, but insert that into, to, you know, real estate tracking metrics. So when I came to you in May of 2015, I, was just trying to make a living, you know, leaving the corporate world. And you opened your books to me. You showed me, hey, Matt, I made $250,000 in my first year. And then I made $500,000 in my second year. And then I made a million dollars in my third year. And because of your not only sharing that with me, but because of your confidence when you delivered that to me, like I internalized it and then I did it. So I kind of want to wrap this up with, what what can we speak into your agents? What can we speak into the real estate community? Because because those words changed my life. Like I wouldn't have had those anticipations, those expectations. And as a result, I was able to launch. What would be your message to agents today about, you know, what they should be doing, et cetera? You know, dude, it, it, I mean, that's, that's, that's a, I don't want to say a tough one, but I'll, I'll get into that here first. In a, but like, you know, what you're just speaking to right there. And this is the power of surrounding yourself, you know, with, um, you know, with the right people, dude. Um, you know, because, okay, like you came out here, you, you looked at that number one, you know, you saw that it was possible through the data, through the, you know, whatever. Um, but then too, I'm guessing that you're probably like, okay, like I hung out with this Josh guy. Um, like, you know, he's not some, you know, freaking some special human being, dude. Like, you know, I did think that, uh, but I still felt I could do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, I mean, I, I remember sitting there with Mark Victor Hansen at one point having lunch, you know, and, and off of chicken soup for the soul. And this dude's what net worth is what four or 5 billion now today. And, and I'm sitting there, you know, and, and I mean, amazing, brilliant dude, you know, so I'm not trying to take anything. I mean, absolutely brilliant, you know, right. Um, but I was looking at this and just, you know, what, like the most powerful, uh, there's a lot of powerful things that happen at that meeting, but I was like, man, this dude, he's no different than me or you or anybody else. He's just a dude that got extremely clear on his vision that then was just you know, extremely disciplined and worked his ass off, right? But it was this aha moment for me of like, okay, like this is possible. You know, I think before that, that, that meeting, you know, I put guys or, you know, guys or girls, like people at his level, like on these pedestals, you know, and, and, you know, like when you get around people like that, you've realized that, fuck, they're just human, dude. Like there's no deities that exist out there, dude. Like we're all made out of the same shit, you know, right? Um, so then from there, you know, going to what you said with that message of, you know, I mean, because it's like, okay, um, you know, nobody broke the four-minute mile. Then after the dude broke the four-minute mile, it was like how many people broke it within, within that first <laughs> so year? So many, yeah. Because they knew it was possible, you know, right? Um, you know, so so – I guess my, my overall message though is, is because the biggest mistake that I see that people make in this industry or, or real estate professionals, and I think any entrepreneur is not getting extreme clarity on what you want, why you want it, why it's important to you. You know, uh, uh, understanding like a lot of people will have 12, you know, one year goals, two year goals, but they're not thinking, okay, well, what do I want to be in five years? What if you could snap your fingers in five or 10 years from now, um, where that timeline is, you know, um, um, and you had your perfect business built out. Well, what would it look like? What, how much money would you be making? What would your day look like? What would your perfect day look like? Like think on that long-term horizon, that long-term, you know, right? Because if you don't have clarity on that, you know, um, well, if you do, let's just say, if you know exactly where you ultimately want to be, well, it's very easy for us to figure out and articulate and find out where we're at right now. Well, then from there, okay, we can reverse engineer the architectural plans to get you from where you're at to where you want to go. 
And then boom, now you're just able, because you're going to have to execute and work your ass off anyway. So you might as well be strategic with this, you know, right? Because otherwise most people end up building themselves into a prison or building themselves into something that they don't want, don't enjoy, don't like, you know, whatever that is. And, and so, you know, make sure to get that clarity. Um, and then dude, just work your ass off to go make it a reality. Like, I mean, you're, you're going to go through pain anyway. You know, um, um, it's like Jim Rohn said, pain and pleasure or pain and regret. You just got to pick and choose which pain, you know. Um, uh, so you know, you're either going to go through pain of, of suffering, whether it be, you know, from your head or your heart, from, from you know, not building what you know you could have built or becoming the person you know you could have become. Or you're going to go through pain of, of you know, financials and, and, you know, all of that. Or you're going to go through the pain of putting in the work, you know, right? Um, um, but I'm guessing anybody that's listening to this and watching this or anybody that's made it to this point in the podcast are motivated, driven people that don't, you know, need that bullshit. Two hours, so, yeah. you know, right. So, so it's like, again, just know where you're at, get clarity in where you want to go. Cause here's the brilliant thing about this. And, and at least with real estate, you know, I, I know you probably have listeners and get uh, people watching this from other niches, you know, um, but you know, I'm not trying to revolutionize interstellar travel, like, like Elon Musk, like there there's with everything that I'm doing. Now, there might be things like okay, the software things, you know, visions that I have for that, that people haven't necessarily executed on. But for the most part, there's been somebody out there that's done exactly what I'm looking to do. You know, so then from that, like, I don't like I don't have, like I, I don't I try to eliminate all the guesswork. Right. Where am I at? Where do I want to go? Identify the best proven plan to get me from where I'm at to exactly what I want to go. So then I just have to execute because just executing enough is hard enough. Yeah. Right. Then if you got to figure all this other shit, like I just R&D rip off and duplicate. Right. Let me just go out there and find the exact blueprint, the best blueprint. And it might deviate and change here and there. But let me go out and find the best blueprint that I can just execute on. So each and every day, I just have to execute. Absolutely. Joshua Smith, thank you so much for sharing about your life and your business, guys. There is so much stuff that you could write down from here. You can execute, write something down that meant something to you that will impact your business. Share it with somebody you know so they can hold you accountable and do it in the next seven days. Because freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you take action day by day before you know it, you'll be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode.